Hey, this is Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. Rhino, this is without a doubt the biggest episode in Friendly Confines history. I mean, no pressure or anything, Chad, right? I mean, it's not like we've joined a new network, which we have, and we're going to get into that. We have a new partner that we're so excited to partner with, and we're going to get into that. We have the biggest giveaway that we have ever been a part of, and we're going to get into that. And of course, our biggest guest that we've ever, ever had on this program, Hall of Famer Andre Dawson. You do not want to miss a single second of this episode of The Friendly Confines. So exciting. I can't wait to dig into it. We're going to talk about the... We're going to talk about what's going on with Chris Bryant. We're going to talk about the stand that Jason Hayward made this week. We're going to talk about the schedule that's coming up. But again, we've got this big giveaway, 250 Cubs hats that are just going to go out to our listeners. You've got to do a couple steps. We're going to share that information with you right after the sixth inning and right before um, the start of our Andre Dawson interview. And then after the Andre Dawson interview, we're going to tell you a little bit about our partnership with the Barroom Network. That's absolutely true. So stick around because the Friendly Confines mega episode starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber alongside Chad Gordon. And, Chad, let's get to the first inning. And, of course, the Cubs got off to such a tremendous start, 13-3 and to start the season, but haven't really looked that great since. Been very up and down. In fact, more down than up, so to speak. Five and nine, unfortunately, in their last 14 games going into this weekend series against the Cincinnati Reds. We've just seen this team very, very just – playing at a level that at times they look great and then other times you just sit there and wonder how they're regressing to get back to that spot just when you think they're turning the corner sometimes the pitching looks great sometimes it just looks really sad and same with the offense when they're scoring runs in bunches and then other times they just can't seem to put it together it's an extremely uh, maddening feeling to see this team play that they the way that they do sometimes yeah, you know, and, and it's just been uneven. And my take is a bit schizophrenic, to be honest. So the optimistic side of me, which you know I'm going to lead off with, is, you know what? This team is the second best record in the National League, and they're leading, by a decent number of games, the Central Division. The goal in this short race of a season, this sprint of this 60-game season, is to win the division. That's it. And it's an expanded playoff. So it's get in the playoffs and ultimately it matters how you play then so they're in uh, they're in great shape there's 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 like a 98 percent chance this team's going to make the playoffs the realistic side of me is concerned because all of the superstars um are struggling um we've seen some breakout stars but we've seen javi baez despite the fact he had a breakout game this week javi's been struggling rizzo's not put it together willie's not put it together schwarber's been up and down and bryant's been hurt so that's concerning the starting pitching doesn't concern me as much i'd like to see all of them healthy the bullpen is is the biggest question mark right now my biggest concern ryan is the inconsistency with the offense All right, so let's move on to the second inning, Chad. And, of course, uh, this is a way and more important 
than baseball itself. Jason Hayward in the game on Wednesday night for the Cubs and the Tigers decided he was going to sit out the game, um, encouraged his teammates, though, to play on. Um, This was in response to, of course, the recent shooting that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The NBA postponed games uh, because of the boycott. Uh, We are seeing other Major League Baseball teams doing the same. And Jason Hayward, in solidarity, decided he was going to sit out. There was some talk, though, about if the Cubs made the right decision by playing and kind of letting Jason Hayward sit out by himself. But from all the things I have read, Hayward was extremely supportive of his teammates playing and carrying on without him. Afterwards, there was also some interesting words from Anthony Rizzo, who um, had some choice words for politicians um, when discussing what has been going on in the world. And I don't want to get too deep into this, Chad, because, of course, you know, I'm not a political person. I'm not someone that feels comfortable speaking about this, especially as a white man. Um, But there is obviously social change that is happening in our society and needs to happen. And it is starting with these athletes who have a platform and are doing their part to make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, just this last week, we released the full interview with Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. We posed that question. And and one of the things that came out of that discussion was was about in times like these, it's the best thing we can do is call people in versus calling people out. Right. And and what we're seeing and I, you, you 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 highlighted Hayward, you highlighted Rizzo. And there were two dramatically different responses from those on social media. You know, we saw kind of the worst of it in, in people's response to Jason. And I do agree. The Cubs teammates kind of left him out hanging. And it might have been better from a solidarity standpoint for them to all make that decision together as a team. Um, but they didn't. And you're right. Um, we're at a time right now, such a pivotal time, a time where this country has been divided like no other. Um, and these social issues aren't going anywhere. Um, and athletes have a voice and they're going to use that voice. And we're seeing that. And this is this is a topic, as you said, um, we're both middle aged white guys. Right. Forties <laughs> is middle aged. But, um, you know, it's something that's important. It's something that I can appreciate my Cubs players like Jason Hayward taking a stand on. And what it does is it draws me in. Like I said earlier, I want to understand why he did that why he believes that. And I use this opportunity to better educate myself on what other people feel. So let's move to the third inning now, Chad and Chris Bryant, as we switch gears, talking about baseball again, um, obviously has been struggling at the plate. He injured his wrist also has a finger issue as well. Um, He was placed on the 10 day disabled list. Uh, The Cubs have looked pretty good, but listen, it's safe to say that a healthy Chris Bryant and a player of his caliber can only make this team better when he is playing at his peak. Um, But it's really frustrating. And I'm sure he's frustrated as well to see Chris Bryant playing and hurt because he is such a key cog to this team. And hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. And as I have said, when he does come back, I hope that him being dropped in the order will ultimately help him at the plate. 
Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, we've talked about this, you know, it's not so much a durability factor. We've had some durability concerns about Chris in the past about his shoulder and, and, and other issues that are, you know, that a taller frame, bigger frame guy, uh, you know, that, that they're just not as durable as a, as a smaller guy. This is a wrist issue. This is a wrist injury that happened on a diving catch. And this is, as I shared with you, I've had wrist issues before. Those don't go away. Those are, those are pesky. Those, those never really heal until they're healed. And so um, I think it's the right decision to just shelve him for a little bit and allow him to come back and work himself self back because that wrist just needs time off. But here's the thing. There's 30 games left in this season. If the Cubs can maintain their pace, if they can win the division, you, you really prefer that over making it on the wild card, even though everybody's in the first round. Um, if the Cubs can can just maintain what they're doing right now and Chris Bryant has 30 games to play himself back into shape, I am not concerned. All right, so let's move on now, Chad, to the fourth inning. The trading deadline is looming. This is going to be a very unique year with the trading deadline. We might not see any big-time trades like we do uh, you know, each and every season, nor trade for that matter from the Cubs, who desperately do need bullpen help. But at this point, who do you go with? Um, you know, Jose Quintana might be somebody that they could dangle out there for um, some bullpen help. But I ultimately feel like that the relief staff that the Cubs have right now is probably going to be the staff that they, you know, go full throttle with for the rest of the season um whether you like it or not we are starting to see craig kimbrell come around a little bit he's you know had better outings at least in the last couple of times he's gone out there um but overall the bullpen as you said chad is still a concern and i wonder if the cubs will make any significant moves leading up to the deadline it's such a unique season it's such a unique deadline you know theo has talked publicly about how teams are operating in a different way i mean you know half the teams have a chance to make the playoffs now so there's very few sellers at this point and at this juncture and then some of the sellers like you know, look at the angels who are worst worst record in the american league that was a team that was supposed to compete for the world series this year they don't want to blow it up just yet with all the the, the, the folks that they have but you know if the Cubs are going to make a move, you're probably not going to see a position player. You're not going to see anybody helping the offense because they've got the horses. They just need the horses to be stronger. You look at Kimbrell's recent success. You look at the body of work of Wick and Jeffress, which has been really good as a body, um, not necessarily in the last couple of weeks. Um, they've got strong into the uh, into the, uh, the the game um, uh, relief pitching, but I still say that uh, the the players that are there right now, those are the guys that are going to have to step up and uh, and and do their job. And so it's it's such a unique season. Um, I don't know who the Cubs are going to dangle out there. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll bet you a hundred dollars, Rhino. They are not going to uh, deal Q. I think you're more likely to see a six man rotation than Jose Quintana heading off somewhere else. All right. So speaking of Jose. Quintana as we move on to the fifth inning uh, Q back in the swing of things he returned for his first outing of the year against the Tigers um, pitched three innings four hits three earned runs a walk and three strikeouts not great um, but it was his first you know outing since he returned from the plate gate injury uh, but I don't know Chad I mean yes do I ultimately think Q is probably going to be around. Yeah, most likely, but I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say and and 
100% guarantee that he's going to be around. I mean, he's a guy who could potentially be somebody that a contender looks at and says, hey, we need a starting left-handed pitcher for the, you know, for the, the, the playoff run. And yes, I understand that, you know, he could come in handy to start, to be in relief, and, and more likely than not, he's probably going to be around. But I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that Jose Quintana is going to be on this roster um, you know, towards the end of the year either. Well, I know one team that would love to have a lefty starting pitcher that's also a contender, and it's the Chicago Cubs, you know. So it, it's the point is who out there right now, and I look at the rosters across Major League Baseball, who is lacking that starting left-handed pitcher but is is filthy with – um, extra shutdown dominant relief arms. I, you know, that there's, there's, it just doesn't match up for me. Um, it was interesting seeing him coming back in that start because we got to see Chatwood come back and be ineffective um, coming out of, uh, of, of his time on the IL, IR, uh, injured list rather. And then you've got uh, uh, Quintana coming in and spelling relief kind of in a, in a, a short and long relief situation. So, um, I, you know, I welcome him back. He's typically very uh, resilient. He's typically can eat up a lot of innings. You can count on what you're going to get with him. Um, but what you're going to need with him is strong offense because he is going to give up some runs here and there. So I think Jose is going to be with us for the long haul. Um, and I am so glad he's back. And it's just a lesson for all of us. All of our listeners uh, do not hand wash your dishes ever again. Use the dishwasher. Yeah. It, and especially if you make enough money, buy a nice Bosch. That works perfectly. Yeah. We just did ourselves. Okay. So let's move on to the sixth inning now, Chad. And yeah, as you mentioned, we're halfway home. I mean, believe it or not, it's like we're so used to 162 games. Uh, the Cubs are uh, coming down the home stretch, so to speak. And you know, they sit in first place. They're two and a half games up of this recording over the St. Louis Cardinals, four over the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, the NL Central has not been the dominant division that it has been in the past. And uh, the Cardinals, of course, did not play, a uh, you know, several uh, amount of games either. So that could change things as well. But listen, as of right now, the Cubs will make the playoffs. Um, but are they good enough to come out of the national league. And, and my answer to, you know, this point is no. I mean, I still think that teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, and even the Atlanta Braves are probably going to be the teams that they are going to have the most trouble with. Yes. I understand anything can happen. I get that. But if you were to tell me who's coming out of the NL, the Cubs are not my pick right now, but still plenty of baseball to be played and still an opportunity to right the ship, so to speak, to get this team more consistent than they have been. My buddy Jeff Gale is a huge Dodger fan. Um, he shares with me just these incredible stats. That team looks like I, I, it's, just, it's just one of those on paper. The eye test tells you nobody is going to touch the Dodgers this year. But again, we've seen a lot of teams that nobody could touch that gets touched. So, you know, I go back to what I shared a couple of innings earlier, which is this is a team that just has to get all the parts moving in the right direction, momentum building, um, firing on all cylinders once the playoff starts. And then it becomes a series of, you know, three different series. You've got to, it's survival at that point. And so again, it's a little bit deceiving that the Cardinals are just two and a half games back because that's based upon winning percentages. The, the Cardinals have to make up a lot of games. The Cardinals have to tax themselves with several of those double headers and, and use a lot of pitchers and go in and out of different situations 
rotations with not a lot of days off. And so the Cardinals really, it's up to them to play this heroic Herculean effort. Whereas the Cubs have to maintain what they're doing. And right now you're right they're They're, they're leading by just a couple games by percentages, but you know, they would have to go on a monumental free fall. The Cardinals would have to go and rattle off several wins just to catch up with the number of wins that the Cubs have at this point. So it, are the Cubs, the class of the, of the national league? No. Are they leading the National League Central, and do you want to win the division? So you've got that that first round, uh, you know, that home field advantage, whatever that means here in this weird COVID season. Yeah, I think so. My take on this is the the Cubs just if they can get Javi and Rizzo and Willie and Kyle get get KB healthy, if you can get that offense firing like we all know they can, I would put them up against anybody. Chad, the moment has arrived, what we've this been building it. up for this entire episode, but it's finally here. I am so excited. I am too, and this is the biggest giveaway we've ever had in Friendly Confines podcast history, and we're excited. I mean, what I'm excited about, this is something that I know. I've enjoyed this brand. I've enjoyed this wine. Tell us, Rhino, give us a little insight. Tell us about our newest partner, The Federalist. That's right, Chad. You know, The Federalist is a wine brand devoted to one thing, and that's damn good taste. And why is that? Well, because it was time for a wine crafted to be as big, bold, and revolutionary as America itself. And so because we have this new partnership, they have been so amazing as to supply us with 250 Chicago Cubs hats that we're going to be able to give away only to our podcast listeners. Are you interested? Write this down. Write this down. Text CUBS20. Again, that's C-U-B-S 20, CUBS20, to the number 77948. Again, CUBS20 to 77948 for a free Chicago Cubs hat from the Federalist, and you get to learn a little bit more about their brand. This is the Federalist. This is American Craft Wine. Giveaway valid while supplies last. That's right. So you must be 21 or older to consume alcohol, and please drink responsibly. Time now for the seventh inning stretch on the friendly confines in chat. We've had so many wonderful guests on this podcast in our time doing this, but I can honestly say we have gotten our biggest guest ever, Hmm. our first Hall of Famer, one of the greatest Chicago Cubs of all time, and he is kind enough to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hawk, Andre Dawson, is here with us today. Andre, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. How are you today? And thanks for joining us. Well, it's my distinct pleasure. I'm doing fine, thank you. Well, it is It is great to talk to you, Hawk. And let's start here. You've gotten uh, some media attention lately. There's a lot of buzz going around with your new career. You are the owner of a funeral home in Miami. Um, tell us a little bit about your new career and what that has been like for you well, I've had the funeral home itself uh, for, for 12 years now, and it's just recently that I started to uh, get a lot of recognition uh, because of what I'm doing post-career. And uh, I just look at it 
this is where I am at this particular point in time uh, in my life. I didn't really get into it with the idea of running a funeral home. I was a, an investor initially in a different funeral home, and this particular business sort of fell into my lap. When you were a free agent and you left Montreal to come to the Cubs in 87, I mean, there's the famous story. And, uh, you know, maybe part of it is truth. Maybe part of it has become more fairy tale. But the, the famous story is that you came to the Cubs and said, fill in the blank with what you want to pay me. And that first year, the Cubs got you at this amazing bargain of $500,000, which, of course, you look at the free agents today, and obviously that's unheard of. What was it that you felt um, in your mind that you were comfortable with saying to the Cubs, pay me what you think I'm worth and I will go along with it and play for that amount as opposed to finding a team and saying, listen, I want more money. I want more security and I want to be able to, um, you know, have the, the, the type of money that someone of, of my pedigree deserves. Well, because of collusion. I had to grow and realize that monetary issues uh, couldn't be a factor as far as me moving forward as a free agent. And there were several things that I had to consider. One, uh, staying in the National League, uh, getting on a natural playing surface as opposed to the AstroTurf, a daytime baseball, and uh, the fact that, uh, again, I was still in the National League uh, where there was a lot more uh, familiarity. And I just said, you know, Chicago is one of those places I've always enjoyed. Uh, the city itself, uh, so many perks about it. And Atlanta came to mind because it was, again, in the National League, a natural playing surface, and it was closer to my home. But I wanted to give uh, the first crack at this thing to the Cubs uh, because I felt that they still had the nucleus intact of the team that had won uh, and, and actually gone to uh, the league championship game against the Padres three years prior. So I felt I could probably be a, a, a necessary fit. It didn't really work out that way that year we finished in last place. But I just said, you know, my best option at this time uh, would probably uh, to pursue uh, the efforts of getting to Chicago. And that's when my agent and myself sat down and we devised a way, we did, we devised a way, I'm sorry, to uh, make it approachable uh, for the Cubs to entertain what we were about to uh, present to them. And that was a blank contract. And I just said, you know, I hope that it won't be overly embarrassing. Uh, even if it is, I'm just going to uh, just bite the bullet, put my, my pride aside and except what their proposal was. I didn't really think they were going to make me an offer, but uh, it was an offer, I think, that was geared to really uh, turn me away. But uh, because I was man enough to, to put that out there, I was really man enough to stand up to it. Such an incredible career. The longevity that you've mentioned, the 20 years, just, just amazing, and the numbers to back it up. Now, prior to coming on um, and joining the Cubs organization, you had been MVP runner-up twice for the Expos, but you left no doubt when you won it in 1987. Um, you've never had a season, season quite like that before or after, even though you've had a tr tremendous production. What was it about Chicago that season that just made you explode? 
I really got off to a slow start. I had a pretty good spring training, even though I started spring training late. But I uh, I hit a grand slam home run off of Todd Warrell uh, to win a ball game, I guess uh, around mid-April or so, late April. And that kind of got things going for me. I pretty much settled in, and it just seems like things were happening on a daily basis. The one thing I, I didn't do that particular year, I didn't set any goals. I lost my grandmother uh, back around the early part of the year, and uh, I, I just sort of dedicated the season uh, on her behalf. I just said, I said, I'm I'm, I'm not gonna go out and think about numbers or anything. I'm not going to try to be a crowd pleaser. And I'm just going to enjoy the game for what it is, have as much fun as I can. And I think once I hit that home run, it kind of got got things rolling for me. And I was able to settle in and, and put together you know, the best year of my career. I, I always felt that I had MVP potential. Uh, I finished runner-up to the award twice when I was in Montreal, and I said I would never win it in Montreal. The only way that could possibly happen is uh, playing, you know, across the border and back in the States, and sure enough, it did happen in my very first year. Andre, people uh, have been giving us questions that they were curious about for your career when we told everybody from uh, the people that listen to our podcast we were going to be talking to you, and one of the questions we got was, who was the most difficult pitcher you faced in your career? Obviously, the 80s and 90s, there were, and even the 70s, some great pitchers to choose from. But was there one pitcher in particular that gave you a harder time more than others? Wow, that's a good one. There were, there were a lot of tough pitchers. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of great pitchers, uh, a lot of Hall of Famers back during that era. And for me, I would probably say Bruce Suter would be the first guy to come to mind uh, because he brought the, the split finger into the game and you had never seen it before and you didn't really see Bruce a lot. So it made making the adjustment to him a little bit more difficult. Uh, I faced guys like Nolan Ryan, J.R. Richard, uh, Steve Carlton, who I got my very first major league hit off of. I faced some phenomenal pitching, but uh, I think Suda is the one that jumps out at me right away. Andre Dawson is our guest, Hall of Famer, Chicago Cub great. Andre, I want to ask you about the current Chicago Cubs. And as you mentioned, you are a part of the organization. You're an ambassador for the team. Um, I know you've gotten the opportunity to spend some time around some of the current guys. I'm curious what your thoughts are as somebody who played in the postseason in 89 with the Cubs but never got to make it to the World Series as a player, what the experience was for you to see the Cubs win the World Series in 2016, and just your thoughts of this run that we have seen from this Cubs organization that arguably is probably the greatest run that we have ever seen from this franchise. Can you kind of put into words what this team uh, over the last several years has, has meant to you and, and what the World Series championship meant to you, seeing them finally get over the hump? Well, I was ecstatic. I think everyone that's ever put that uniform on, the Cub uniform, was really, really pulling for uh, the team to, to win it uh, that particular year. And uh, they they had to pull a, a, you know, a rabbit out of the hat, uh, down three games to one. 
and you know, of course, playing a couple of games uh, at home, and then going on the road and having having to have to win four series on the road. But I, I miss games, you know, four and five in Chicago, and I saw them come back and win the game they had to to get back to Cleveland itself. And I was optimistic. I can re- remember having a conversation with um, with Joe Madden, and he said, we need to get back on the road. He said, I think if you know, we can get back on the road, get out of Chicago, get out of Wrigley Field, we're going to be fine. Such was the case. Uh, but I, uh, I witnessed that moment uh, at home in Florida, watching it, you know, like, I guess, millions of Cubs fans around the country. And I was extremely ecstatic finally it, it, it finally happened and uh, with that particular uh, team the nucleus that they had in tank i felt that they uh, had what it would take to make a good run for a number of years of course they uh, came up a little bit short uh, right after they won the world series but with uh with a similar team uh, pretty much the same team still in tank uh, they uh, still have the opportunity uh, to do some damage. I think this year, nothing's going to be normal about this year, but uh, with the start that they have gotten off to, the surprising thing for me has been how well the uh, starting pitching uh, has carried them, uh, despite the fact that we haven't really got going offensively. So I think this is something that could probably or should play uh, a big role down the road. Uh, these guys are going to swing the bat a lot better than they are, and they're going to play a lot better. When you look at at how you would fit into this year's and, and this, this era's game, how do you think that you would fare? And also, who are some of the comparables that you see that are out on the field right now that, that you look at and go, that's, 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 that's me? Oh, I'd love to play in this era. Uh, you got uh, you got a lot of guys that come in and they're giving Mike's effort. Uh, they know that it's, you know, the bullpen uh, that obviously is going to uh, be the determining factor in how the outcome of the game is itself. So uh, you have a lot of harder throwers, I uh, think, and that's why I say Mike's effort, guys. And the game itself has changed. There's a lot of uh, emphasis placed on uh, exit velocity and long angles. Hitters are being taught uh, to have a different type of approach in the batter's box. There's the strikeouts uh, doesn't weigh heavily into uh, the thinking of the, the the hidden instructors themselves. It's just you know you want to get the ball in the air. Uh, I wouldn't really uh, change anything as far as my approach is concerned. Uh, but I just I was a kind of on the on the top of the plate hitter. So with these harder throws, I would definitely um, welcome challenges from them, but I would crowd the plate to give them the idea that, you know, hey, uh, they could uh, beat me inside, which is uh, the approach I would take. But I just I just think uh, the game itself has is, is changed as far as that is concerned. Uh, but for me, uh, I would I would do, I would welcome it. I, I feel that I would do real well. Uh, I would be more inclined to probably 
uh, swing swing for the no, I, I I shouldn't say I would be inclined to swing for the fences because that would just take me out of my game plan. But I do feel that I would have better success of hitting the ball in the air uh, because you know the power pitches today the they try to pitch you up in the strike zone. Bears Barroom. Welcome to the Barroom Network. Here's what's on the menu. Gabriel Schuster Football Podcast. I'm David Schuster. He is Greg Gabriel. This is Bear Football, your weekly look at the Chicago Bears from a fanalist standpoint. This is Buffone 55. And welcome into another edition of the Grobstein Schuster Zone. Bears Barroom. The Mike North Advantage. Hawk Harrelson. How are you, Hawk? All right, big guy. What are we going to argue about today? <laughs> So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. This is the Fantasy Football Goon Podcast with me, Joe Mandel, the goon, and my buddy John Santucci, the tooch. Shinowski, Schuster, Sharpshooters. And welcome in to Stuff My Mom Threw Out. It's brought to you by AU Sports, the best memorabilia store in the world. Bears Barroom. There's that and much more, like the Barfly Tailgate Show, Draft on Tap, and, well, just subscribe to the Bears Barroom Radio Network and get automatic downloads to all our shows. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Bears Barroom. And that's just a taste of what you're going to hear on the Barroom Network. We're so excited to be a part of that, to join forces with all the big names and some of the up-and-coming names as well. Um, Our hope, as always, is we want to grow this podcast, and we're super excited to be joining forces with the Barroom Network. Absolutely, and we were super excited to talk to Hall of Famer Andre Dawson. What a thrill that was to talk to the Hawks. Could not have been more kind with his time and the opportunity to chat with him. So our thanks to Andre Dawson and uh, continued good health to the Hawk down in South Florida. And just remember, you know, if you want to connect with us, talk to us a little more, hear what we may have to say about the Cubs or what you have to say about the Cubs, you can find us on social media Chad is at the Chad Gordon. I am at Ryan D. Lieber. You can also go to our Facebook page, which is the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines podcast Facebook page. We welcome everybody who joins up with us, and we would love to hear from you on who you would like to hear from so we can interview them as well as just talk more about the Cubs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Rhino, don't forget, and our listeners know this, that was just a snippet of our interview with, with Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer, the great Andre Dawson. We're going to have the full 30-minute conversation in our very next episode. As if you're a listener, you know we uh, do these, these nine-inning format shows, and then we take the unedited interview and record that as a special edition. So look for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the Friendly Confines Cub podcast wherever you listen, and it'll show up on your feed as the next episode. Yes. So as we have talked about the eighth inning, of course, we talk about our new partnership, Chad, with the Barroom Network. And we are so excited to be able to be a part of this great network of 
shows that are going to be accompanying us. Some of the big names include Mike North, longtime voice in Chicago sports. Mark Shanowski, who, of course, you know, for a long time has been on TV in the Chicago market, as well as Les Grobstein, David Schuster. Some huge names that you and I are going to be rubbing elbows with as we venture into this great opportunity to be a part of the Barroom Network. So we're very excited. You can still find us on the platforms that you already do, but this is just another avenue that you can connect with us and listen to our show and get some great insight for some other shows and opportunities that we will have as well to connect with you guys, the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Ronnie, you talked about some of the big names. I'm excited. I, I listened to the um, you know, stuff my mom threw out the memorabilia show a little bit earlier today. So much fun. Lots of laughs. Great, great content. There's uh, uh, another show around, you know, fantasy sports. Uh, there's just there's a lot of great shows on the Barroom Network. We're excited to be a part of it. And it is just the beginning, it feels of. Uh, and what a great week. I mean, right before the Andre Dawson interview, we shared our new our new partnership with Federalist Wines. We've got this big nearly thousand dollar you know, hat giveaway, uh, you know, for, for our dedicated listeners, um, the bar room, we're going to have some cross promotion as well. We are so excited and it's a plea as always, if you enjoy what you're listening to, if this is a lot of fun, please share the podcast to your Cubs friends, share the Facebook page to your Cubs friends and do what you can as well to support our brethren, our brothers, our new brothers on the bar room network. All right. So let us move on to the ninth inning, Chad. And I do want to get to kind of the upcoming week and talk a little bit about the games that are going to be going on for the Cubs. But I also want to mention here in the ninth inning that you think we had a huge star this week in Andre Dawson. We absolutely did, but huge doesn't stop there. I mean, we are now going to be able to next week, bring you the one and only Ryan Dempster. He's got the off the mound podcast. He's also on TV on the marquee network. He is supplying some great entertainment for everybody, former Cubs pitcher uh, for the, this team that spent you know, the majority of his career with the Cubs. Ryan Dempster, who's uh, a laugh a minute, he's going to be our guest next week. So be sure to listen. You don't want to miss a single minute as we have Demp on for our next episode. So excited. excited. Yeah, so excited about that, Rhino. And then also – you know, the the episode that's right before this one, the one that aired before this, is our full unedited interview with uh, Bob Kendrick, uh, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. That was such a fun conversation. Thanks, everybody, for the support. Yeah, can't wait to talk to Dempst here in the next couple of days. All right, so let's finish out, Chad, just talking about the schedule for this team. Is Obviously, they're entering the weekend against the Reds for four, have the doubleheader on Saturday. Then they go to Pittsburgh. And then the Cardinals, once again, obviously a lot of divisional play this year. But these are the games you have to win. And while we're not seeing a lot of, uh, you know, winning records right now in the NL Central, that still doesn't mean that this is going to uh, be a cakewalk because the Cubs have had issues with Cincinnati in Cincinnati, and they certainly have had trouble on the road of late as well, um, certainly shown by what happened in the Detroit series. So, you know, it's important for the offense to get straightened out and really just continue to work on the bullpen as they try to kind of, push through this uh, second half of the season and, you know, make their waves to get set for the playoffs is basically what we're looking at at this point. 
Yeah, and there was a time where you'd look at the schedule and say, wait a second, we're in Cincinnati. You know, that's when Schwarber goes off. That's when Bryant goes off. That's when you regular, regularly see double-digit scoring, you know, where the offense really breaks out. So I know that the, the, the this Cubs team, this lineup, has licked their chops from time to time in Cincinnati. So they're probably looking at the, these next four games and, 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 and with big eyes. And, and again, you know, you just came off a disappointing um, uh, Tiger series where they are definitely not world beaters. The Reds were supposed to be world beaters. They've proven that they, they aren't ready for prime time at least not yet, um, you know, in the Pirates as well. So this is an opportunity for the Cubs offense to, to reset themselves. And that's what I'd like to see more than anything. The pitching is the pitching. It's going to have good days and bad days. But this is an opportunity these these this next week for the Cubs offense to really start firing on all cylinders. All right. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Friendly Confines. Once again, our thanks to Andre Dawson, the Hall of Famer, the Hawk, joining us for this episode and we are so excited that you guys joined us for this one as well be sure to also continue to work on trying to get that free hat from the cubs and with our new partners the federalists so for chad i am ryan we'll talk to you next time everybody please wear a mask see you at the ballpark everybody just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're healed the first time you walk into Wrigley Field Hi, this is Andre Dawson and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on the Friendly Confines Podcast